welcome to the nerd party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop. Punch it. Punch that shit. Let's punch it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Punch It! Writing in Star Trek. I am your co-host, Tristan Rodell, and with me, as always, is... Charlene Schmidt. Charlene, today, today, we are talking about something that we've been working on for a very long time, and we're nearing the end. A, a, a little bit ago, this would have been the end, but then there was a revival, and so this yes. is not the end. This is a continuation. This is this is the fake ending. This is the uh, the initial run where you're just like, oh my god, I have one more leg on this mile. And right, it's like the gotcha. <laughs> it is Gilmore Girls Season 7. That's right, this is an away mission. We are kind of taking a break from Star Trek this week, which we talked about when we shifted formats that we were going to do every once in a while. And I think we've been doing a good job at not going willy-nilly on breaking from tradition and doing non-Star Trek topics. No, and in fact, dare I say it, the only time we have strayed from Star Trek since the transition is to do Gilmore Girls because we committed to this. We have to finish it now. And we're doing that. And that is that really it? I think so. I, th- I think this is all that we have been doing. Now, once Gilmore Girls is done, once we, we talk about this and then we talk about the revival and everything like that, I think we'll be closing that chapter, of course. And so that'll open up more possibilities to... I don't know, talk about anything that we could possibly want. You know, like a yeah. non-Star Trek literature or Star Wars or Harry Potter or whatever else. Whatever whatever tickles your, your nerd fancy. But, of course, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, we're going to be talking Star Trek. True. And on the Nerd Party, we have podcasts that cover all of those topics that you just mentioned. From Harry Potter to Star Wars to whatever. And they do it in great depth and they do a wonderful job of it. So, I mean... More often than not, we've got to leave that to them. They've got that covered. Absolutely. And if you want to listen to those guys, go to thenerdparty.com for all of your nerd party needs. Like Char said, we got Star Wars, we got Star Trek, we got Harry Potter, we got Doctor Who, we got General Geek, we got Married Geeks, we got everything that you could possibly think of and want. And all you need to do is go to thenerdparty.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere that you can think of. We're there. Just search the Nerd Party. And you'll find us. And also, if you like what we're doing, if you like what Punch It is doing, please take a minute. It just takes a minute. Go to iTunes. Give us a review. If you give us a five-star review, we'll mention you on the show. It's so true. It only takes a couple minutes of your time, but it means a lot to us because it helps give such exposure to the show. It's probably the best possible thing you could do to help us if you love us. (laughs) Not kidding. And it's absolutely free. Absolutely free. All it costs is just a minute of your time. So, Char... I've been waiting for this moment because we talked about season six and we both had very mixed emotions. Actually, I wouldn't even say mixed emotions. I just straight up hated season six of the Gilmore Girls. I hated it. (laughs) Yeah, I was pretty much right there with you. Okay, okay. So with season seven, there's a lot of people in the fandom because I've been a part of the Gilmore Girls fandom for a very long time and I've kind of picked up a few things here and there. There are people who hate season six and love season seven. And there are people who love season six and hate season seven. And there are a lot of people who actually don't like how season seven ended. Now, I have to ask you the question before we get into the specifics. And and don't tumble down the rabbit hole on going into specifics of what you like because we need to do a season overview. But did you like 
season seven. For about the first three quarters of the season, I was not digging it. The last quarter of those episodes was, oh, yeah, now we're rolling. This is good. <laughs> I love that you gave that answer because that's a very honest answer. That is that is very <laughs> accurate. I think close to kind of my own feelings where I kind of had mixed emotions for season seven because I feel like mm-hmm. the majority of season seven was fixing the mistakes of season six and they couldn't do it instantly. Oh, but was it really? When we get down to the, the nitty gritty details of the season, I want to argue that point so hardcore. <laughs> all right, all right, okay, we'll get into that. So let's go ahead and do an overview. So this is a uh, this is a summary, uh, season seven. And if you've listened to our previous episodes, you know that we we love doing this. So strap in. Here's an overview of season seven to kind of refresh your memory. The season picks up with Lorelai having slept with Christopher immediately after ending her engagement to Luke while Rory is attempting a long-distance relationship with Logan. Lorelai and Christopher attempt a relationship and, after going to Paris together, come back married. The marriage lasts until midway through the season, but Christopher struggles to fit into Lorelai's life in Stars Hollow. Luke learns Anna is moving to New Mexico with April and applies for joint custody, winning after Lorelai gives him a glowing character reference. Christopher finds out and he and Lorelai argue, with Christopher feeling like second choice. Richard, who has just started working at Yale as a lecturer, has a heart attack during a class, and Christopher stays away from the hospital while everyone worries about him. He and Lorelai eventually admit their marriage isn't right and split. Emily struggles with the finances while Richard is convalescing, and Lorelai helps her out. Lane comes back from her honeymoon pregnant with twins. Her mother moves in with her and Zach, sending Brian to live with her relatives, but is eventually convinced to back off, with Lane giving birth to sons Steve and Quan. Suki also becomes pregnant for the third time. Since Jackson never had that vasectomy, she arranged for him. Michelle's dog, Chin Chin, dies and Lorelai organizes a memorial at the inn. Luke sells the boat he inherited from his father to Kirk and buys a larger one so he can take a trip with April over the summer. But she has to cancel when she is accepted to science camp. Rory and Logan try to spend time together while he works in London and New York. Rory feels awkward living in his old apartment rent-free, so moves back in with Paris and Doyle. She also befriends Lucy and Olivia, two girls she met in an art exhibition. Lucy's boyfriend turns out to be Marty, who pretends not to know Rory. Rory goes along with it, upsetting Lucy when Logan tells her the truth. But Lucy breaks up with Marty and reconciles with Rory. Logan pursues a software deal against Mitchum's wishes, losing his trust fund and costing the company a multi-million dollar lawsuit for patent infringement. Logan resigns and takes a job in San Francisco. Paris is accepted into every grad school she applies to, but Rory is rejected for an internship. In the penultimate episode, Paris and Doyle depart for Harvard Medical. Logan proposes to Rory at a graduation party thrown by Richard and Emily, but she turns him down, not willing to put him ahead of her career, and breaks up with him. In the series finale, Rory gets a job covering Barack Obama's election campaign for an online newspaper, but has to leave in three days, throwing off plans for a graduation reenactment. Luke organizes the town in throwing a farewell party for her. Emily tries to find a way to get involved in the running of the inn to stay close to Lorelai, but Lorelai assures her she will keep attending Friday night dinners. Lorelai and Luke share a kiss at the party, and the show's run ends with Lorelai and Rory sharing a last breakfast at Luke's diner. Well done, sir. So there we go. That's a lot in season seven. So hopefully that refreshed your memory. Hopefully that got the uh, Gilmore Girl juices flowing for those of you who haven't seen it in a long time. Maybe you've been watching with us. Maybe you've been watching in tandem with Char and trying to keep up with her (laughs) just downloading the episodes to her brain as fast as possible. That would be cool if other people out there have been doing that. I'd love to know if you were. 
Well, what you can do is if you have been watching along, please let us know and go to thenerdparty.com slash contact, select punch it from the drop down menu, fill out the form, and it'll send an email right to us. And also just let us know what you thought of season seven. And also, uh, if you have any other ideas of what you would like us to talk about, whether it's Star Trek related or even non-Star Trek related, just let us know by going to thenerdparty.com slash contact. All right, let's dig into it now. Let's dig in. So you didn't like the first three quarters. What did you not like about the first three quarters? So as I recall from the last Gilmore Girls podcast we did, you mentioned that season seven is a massive course correction. Mm Mm-hmm. Going into it, I was expecting a lot of maybe even abrupt changes, maybe too abrupt or like just really different. And I didn't think that that was the case at all. Maybe I had unrealistic expectations, admittedly. Things like uh, maybe completely writing the whole thing. Oh, Christopher, that didn't happen. Or finding some way to work that out rather quickly. And instead they rolled with it. And even Lorelai and Christopher got married for a little while, and they struggled with that, and then finally got over that. And Rory and Logan, they still had their thing going. I didn't feel like there was much of a course correction at all. It was just kind of an extension of season six, what they set up. And I thought, barf, this is horrible. I don't like it. (laughs) Well, okay, so look at it this way. The way that season seven ends is the exact opposite of where you think things are going to go at the end of season six. Okay, I'll give you that. And I think the reason why I'd like to give the new showrunners credit is because it would be easy to try and erase everything that happened in the last episode of season six because some crazy things happened at the end of season six. Some very horrible, disgusting things that they did towards these characters that Amy Sherman Palladino did. And you could tell right away that the new showrunners and the new writers were just like, okay, crap. This was a horrible decision. How do we correct Amy Sherman Palladino's mistakes without making it completely obvious or saying we're going to ignore that and just fix it in the first episode or the first five episodes? And so I feel like they had to roll with it in order to go against it. Because if they're mm-hmm. just like, say like um, Lorelai went to, went to Luke and said like, you know what, this was a mistake. I slept with Christopher. Hopefully we can get through this. Can you find it in your heart? And then he's just like, you know what, I love you. Boom, done. You know, like you could have been, <laughs> you could have done that, but it would have betrayed the characters just like the end of season six betrayed the characters. And so let's take Lorelai and Christopher, for example. It would have been easy to see Lorelai and Christopher break up once again because we've gone through this whole song and dance for seven years where yeah. they get together, they fall out. There's that wondering if they're going to work out, just like the, if they're wondering if Luke and Lorelai are going to work out. And so when they finally sleep together, right after a Luke ending relationship moment, it's, it's they had to give some sort of credence to the action to show that they're not completely betraying the character. And so that's where I kind of forgive it, where when I see them actually get married and elope in Paris, I see it as driving into the skid. So like you, you're like... <laughs> yes, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, 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 I do agree. I think if they tried to maybe do the course correction and resolve things in five episodes and then do what they wanted to do as the new showrunners. Yes, that would not have come off well. And so, yes, they did kind of have to roll with it. So I fully admit that me fully expecting them to resolve some things in five episodes and give us happily ever after maybe a little sooner than that was not the best choice to make. But that said, going through the episodes and watching them roll this out was, well... 
I was not entirely interested in mm-hmm. it because we have done this song and dance over and over. We have gone back and forth with Christopher and Luke. And is Logan in Rory's life or not? Is he a jerk? Is he a good guy? We've been here before and it just felt like a repeat of things that they've already done. And I just thought, well, can we get moving here, please? <laughs> seriously, seriously. It's, uh, I can't argue with you. Because I agree with you. I, it, it's not an interesting storyline. <laughs> you know, yeah, this is why I don't watch soap operas. I don't find this constant back and forth romantic drama that interesting. Maybe it's because I've been in a stable relationship for so long that I've forgotten what a game that is and how emotionally draining and uh, how much you have to put into a relationship to make things even start to happen. Because I'm already there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm putting in the relationship to, or I'm putting the energy into the relationship to keep it going. And that's a different thing. So maybe there's that disconnect there. I don't know. No, I, like I said, I mean, like, I agree with you is that I don't find it interesting. I feel like there was a lot of, it was drawn out too long. I feel like I would have accepted this course correction way sooner than three quarters in. And uh-huh. I feel like there could have been a happy medium between immediately and three quarters of the way in like maybe we could go half in maybe a third you know like somewhere around yeah make things move just a little bit faster but you know what gilmore girls in terms of its season structure things do tend to drag out a little bit and stall midway through the season Mm -hmm. they're just kind of biding their time until they bring out the real explosive dramatic stuff toward the end of the season which of course they did one more time i feel like just because I knew they were new showrunners and they had just such a huge weight on their shoulders trying to figure out what to do to service the show, service the characters, and correct the mistakes of Amy Sherman Palladino, at least in my opinion, I was willing <laughs> to cut them a lot of slack. And the thing is, though, is that like if season seven ended any other way or like ended the way that the first half of season seven started, or at least the way that you thought it was going to go... I would have written off the entire season, but it's kind of like, <laughs> kind of like I actually talked about this online today. It was it's kind of like Rogue One. Like to me, like a lot of people love Rogue One, and I think it's an okay film. Like I don't hate it, but Star Wars Rogue One, the first two acts were just mediocre at best, fraught with issues. Pacing was off. You kept asking yourself questions like, why is this happening? Who is this character? Why do I care? And then that <laughs> why am I here? Exactly. And that third act though is just mind-blowing. You're just like, okay, that totally saved the film. That's season seven (laughs) of Gilmore Girls to me. It totally is. That is exactly how I felt because once things really did start to pick up, when things were starting to wrap up, like what is life going to be like after Yale for everybody? And they started exploring all of that. That got interesting. That had some real good drama. And that I found much more entertaining than the whole rest of the season just combined. Yeah, I I feel like when I show people, (laughs) when I recommend Gilmore Girls to people, I basically wish I could say like, okay, watch seasons one through five. I'll tell you what happens in season six and then (laughs) just watch the last quarter of season seven. Yeah, well, you know, I think anybody who has a passionate fandom like that, we all do that. Like with Star Trek, we do that. If you're recommending TNG to somebody, you know, those first couple seasons, they're a little rough, but hang in there. It gets better, you know? Yeah, it's it's true. Like, I had somebody I had somebody recommend Deep Space Nine to a friend of mine. I was there, and now I use it all the time, where it's just like, start with season four, watch it all the way through season seven, then go back and watch the first three seasons. It'll work a whole lot better for you. <laughs> 
I can't disagree with that. Season four, if you weren't on board with the first three seasons, that's the entry point. That's yeah. the one you go with. And especially if you watch TNG, because there's Worf. Exactly. Worf is the audience member. Like, they explain everything yeah. through Worf's perspective of who the characters are, why they matter. And so while Worf is discovering Deep Space Nine, you are discovering Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Yeah. And they do it very well. So props to them for doing that, because I think that's a hard thing to do. Now... Back to Gilmore. Yeah, back to Gilmore Girls. Let's talk specifics here. Yeah. Okay, so what did you... Because we, we talked about in generalities, and we kind of used Luke and Lorelai and, uh, and Lorelai and Christopher as a uh, as a framework. How did you feel about the unraveling of Christopher and Lorelai? You know, I actually did expect things to unravel a little sooner than they did, because when Christopher gets that letter from Sherry, where she's sorry, she messed up, I thought, oh, he's going to go jumping right back to her. And then that did not happen, so I was surprised. They yeah. hung with it a little longer than I thought, and then with the whole marriage thing, you know, I still knew in the end that Luke and Lorelai were going to get back together because that's just the fairy tale, stars hollow, happily ever after that we needed and wanted. Yeah. But the adventure is in getting there, not necessarily the result itself. Although it was gratifying, I will say that. I remember being so confused when they came home from Paris and she was fiddling with her ring, I was just like, <laughs> I was like, you what? betrayed me, new showrunners. I had faith <laughs> in you. Yeah, you know, I didn't know what they were trying to do with that. Like, did they want us to accept Christopher? Did they really want to lead us on and make us think that this might actually work? Because I didn't buy it for a second. I knew this was going to fail. Yeah. What? Yeah, there's no I, way. I kind of felt like they were wasting our time. I yeah, I kind of feel that way too. Like it's just like the more that you're making me reflect on it, I was just like they <laughs> they should have done that sooner. Come on, guys. Like it's okay. Like move it along. You know, honestly, in earlier seasons, it might have been what maybe season three where Christopher and Lorelai are kind of getting back together a little bit. I could totally have seen them have the crazy eloping, getting married thing. Then just a get they get a wild hair up their butt and they go do it. And then watch it fall apart then, that might have actually worked a whole lot better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of this late, where honestly, no, they know they're not right for each other. And despite many times of trying to make it work, they go for it one more time and they get real serious about it. And it falls just as hard as ever, that, like we knew it would. And no, their job is to just be friends and be supportive of each other as parents of Rory. That's it. Now, what did you think of Luke's reaction in the second episode of finding out that Lorelai slept with Christopher? That is a very Luke reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, uh-huh. Well, uh, I need to go somewhere. I gotta drive to Boston. And not be yeah. here. <laughs> that was so true to Luke, and I just thought, in a way, for him, bravo. I mean, yeah. what do you say in that situation? I've never been in that situation. I don't know. But it did seem very in character for Luke, to me anyway. What did you think? Well, in the real world, you wind up in jail. But uh, it was... Oh, are uh, you talking about the fight? Yeah, well, it wasn't even a fight. He just showed up and punched him in the face and then ran away. <laughs> you know, that's such a Gilmore Girls kind of thing. You've got these guys fighting over these women all the time. 
or so it seems like it's way more common on this show than I think it ever is in real life. Yeah. Um, and I you're right. So. He would have landed in the slammer and then called Lorelai maybe and like, can you bail me out? <laughs> yeah. Like, you you totally owe me one. Now, I wonder how much of that was fan service for the audience because just because oh. if you didn't like Christopher, you're probably cheering Luke on like, yeah, get him. Give him something he deserves. Oh, seriously, like, oh, Christopher's so annoying. When I, when, I, when that happened, like, I remember clapping. I was watching it by myself <laughs> at home. No one was around me, and I started clapping. Such a nerd. Um, <laughs> hey, we all do it when we're nerds. Okay, so we, we talked about the dissolution of Christopher and Lorelai. What did you think about the revigoration, reinvigoration of Lorelai and Luke? Do you think it was believable? Did you think they, they showed those steps enough? Yeah, I think it was enough. Stars Hollow is kind of fairy tale esque in that sense, anyway, where it's not completely believable. So it's believable for this world, if that makes any sense. Okay, yeah. I feel like what you're kind of saying is it's believable for television. Yes, precisely. And especially for this little small town. Mm-hmm. But I did think they had some sweet things in there, like uh, just the impact that Lorelei's letter had for when Luke was fighting for custody of April. I thought that was very sweet and charming mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it shows, hey, Lorelai still loves Luke, and Luke still loves Lorelai. You know, that was very touching. The, I love the karaoke moment. I really did. Like, Do I know you? it's... Oh, I th- now see that? Borders on the corny. Uh, like, oh, uh, wow, you're going to sing Whitney Houston, and you're drunk, and wow, that's such a Stars Hollow thing to do. I mean, I can't say it's awful, because this is very much in spirit of the show, but... uh. I, I almost had enough of a disconnect to where I couldn't take it seriously. Like, I was on the verge of laughing half the time. Like, really? Really? No, no, Char, it wasn't borderline corny. It was corny. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's do that. Let's. And I loved it. <laughs> you know, I had a feeling that a lot of Gilmore Girls diehard fans did love that moment. I wasn't that into it myself. There were many more moments that I thought were much better done that said the same thing. Especially the very end, where Luke puts together that impromptu party, makes it work so that Lori Ugh. gets that Star's Hollow send-off. I mean, you don't do that when you don't love someone. That was very Star's Hollow. And then when he just says, I just wanted you to be happy, okay, that hit me in the heart right there. Bam. That was my karaoke moment. Oh, yeah. I think that moment, of course, like that's the very end of the show. It's a beautiful ending. It's a beautiful end to the show. And it's a beautiful character moment because, of course, Luke does this. Of course, Luke goes above it, above and beyond. And even though like at the end he says, I just wanted you to be happy like he did it for Lorelai, you know he did it just as much for Rory. Oh, sure. I mean, they're kind of a package deal. Yeah. But of course, Luke is going to do something like that. This is so in character for Luke. And it's the absolute perfect thing in every way. It's it's so well done. Honestly, that ending, this last episode of Gilmore Girls, and I'm not being hyperbolic. It's easy for me to say one of the best, but I have to tame it and say one of my favorite series finales. I think it wraps everything up so nicely. You have, you have acceptance with Lorelai and her parents. Yeah, for once. You have Rory going off on her own. She's not tied to any guy. Not Dean, not Jess, not Logan, nobody. She's going off and being a journalist in a great political campaign. And she is her own woman. And Lorelai raised her right. And Lorelai's with Luke. Lorelai's not with Christopher. The whole town was involved in one big effort. And it's just... Because of course they were. Because of course they were. (laughs) It was just absolutely beautiful. Okay. Side note... Dean, 
Nowhere to be found. Did he just fall off the face of the earth? Gone from Stars Hollow? Did he move away? We didn't need Dean. You know, like, we didn't need Dean there. It wasn't about Dean. He didn't need to send her off. Like, I feel like it. it's too much of a tie to the past and also who he's busy with Supernatural, I think. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. But it just did seem like he faded off into the ether in this really small town. I was honestly expecting him to come back at some point. Sort of like how we had recurring one-time visits a season from Jess. I thought, one more with Dean, get him a last hurrah, and then we're good. During the the initial run, I was a big Dean fan. I thought Dean was great. I thought he was a great first boyfriend for her. And I still think that he was a great first boyfriend for her. But Mm -hmm. now that I'm older, the more I realize, oh, good Lord, it's your first high school boyfriend. Nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody gives a shit. I mean, obviously, they're not going to make it work for the long haul. That just doesn't really happen anymore. But I mean, yeah, he was pretty. I mean, he was a good, decent, respectable guy for the most part. Except when he cheated on his wife. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, there was that whole thing. That whole thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But aside from that, I wanted to know how Dean pulled himself together and what is he doing now? And we didn't get that, so fine, I can let that pass. But that whole thing aside, one thing I really did appreciate about the finale, and a lot of finales kind of take this a little overboard, is everybody getting a little last hurrah. Mm -hmm. They either make too big of a deal of it and it's awful, or they don't do enough of it and it's not fulfilling. And I thought... This finale did a great job because like Rory and Lane, they get a moment. Rory and Paris, they have their moments and then they go on their separate ways. Everybody in Stars Hollow has their last hurrah with Rory. You have the nice moment between the Elder Gilmores and Lorelai saying, hey, you know what? You did a good job. Oh my God, we've been waiting seven years to hear that. And Lorelai finally feeling satisfied. Like, hey, you know what? Yeah. I'm all right. And everything does wrap up very beautifully. And you do feel like, hey, everybody is going off and they're exactly where they need to be. I love the fact that Rory had a lot of turmoil as she approaches the end of her collegiate years. And what is she going to do next? Getting the internship at the New York Times was going to be way too easy. Yeah. And if you want to be a journalist, (laughs) you have to just jump right in there and feed yourself to the wolves. And you're either going to sink or swim. That's how you really get into the profession. As somebody who was in a newsroom for several years, I mean, you either do it or you don't. Going on a campaign trail like that where you're just going to be hard knuckling it the whole way, perfect. Honestly. The absolute perfect It was such a genius idea to have her do that because it adds drama. It adds the strife of I'm not going to see my family for a while and family is everything to me and I'm from a small town and I'm not going to be able to come back home for a long time. And, you know, it's going to put strain on those relationships And you don't know what the future holds after that, because what happens if and when Barack Obama wins? Like, would I continue? Like, would I cover him? Would I cover the presidency? Would I become a White House correspondent with some other company or corporation? Or could I create a contact and potentially come on board and become a part of the staff, become a part of the communication staff? And that would ultimately take me away from Stars Hollow. And and so it's it was a fascinating way to give her independence and not have her, I mean, she got this. She, she did not rely on anybody else in order to get this. Like, she got this on her own. And it was not easy. It, it didn't, you know, it wasn't, like you said, the, the, the internship would have been easy. It would have been an easy way to say, like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go do this. Let's just go party in Stars Hollow. But this added drama to it. So what did you think about Logan and Rory? How did you think, how do you feel about how that relationship developed and then ultimately didn't develop? I'm so glad it ended and that Rory went on her own way. I think the big thing, the wake-up call she needed and finally got, like really comprehended to her, was when 
she and Logan's father, they're doing the dinner and he's kind of passing on the message of, hey, we're in this together. We're a team. We got to work to keep Logan on track. And she's like, no, I am not going to be a part of this machine that you've developed. I'm not going to keep your son in line like this. So I was thrilled for her when she finally got that message and realized exactly what she was getting into. And I'm not on Team Logan at all. Even though he did show up here and there and did a lot of the right things, ultimately, I still don't like him. I don't think he's a good guy. And I don't think he's good for her. Nope. 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 So, you know... I am so pleased that she turned him down with the marriage proposal because that would have been way too much. And she would have sacrificed everything she's worked for for his little endeavors. No, no. Get away from the trust fund, dude, and pave your own way. I'm so proud of her. And when she left his apartment, I was so thankful because even before this happened, I was just like, this is weird. Like, this, this man is paying your way and you're staying rent-free at his place. And I know that's very attractive to a lot of people, regardless of your gender. But it's just, the show is, is split down the middle of self-reliance and the magic of money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps, but then having a dos ex machina when it comes to the almighty dollar. It goes back and forth. And so I'm so glad that they finally showed her saying, this feels weird. This feels like I'm in a yes. sugar daddy kind of scenario and that's not Rory (laughs) yeah that's exactly what that was too and I'm so glad that they addressed it that way in the show itself right because they don't always do that when it comes to the money so that was very cool because it yeah that whole thing has felt off this whole time and not just because I dislike Logan but I do think he is just they're not the same mindset they're not on the same page he's got a very different life than her even if they both come from a background of money no, he's he's a very bad influence. He gets her in trouble and he kind of degrades her values. And it's just, she's a different person when she's around him. And as an mm-hmm. audience oh, member, I, totally agree with I just that. didn't like that person. Yeah, I did not like Rory as part of the item with Logan. She by herself is so much better. Now, what did you think about Lane getting pregnant? <laughs> I loved this story. Like of anything of season seven, this was probably my favorite thing and that's kind of been a recurring theme for me like I always love what the band is doing and all that it's so figures they get married the very first time they have sex and it's not even good because of course it's not it's the first time she gets pregnant with twins poor Lane I loved it when I loved it when Lane went to Rory and said like okay you can drop the act like like it's all (laughs) If this is all some sort of worldwide conspiracy where we're supposed to pretend that sex is cool and good when really it's not. Well, I mean, she's completely getting screwed over here, right? I mean, pregnant on the very first try, did not have a good time, sand everywhere. Horrible honeymoon. The, yeah. that, was, that was a horrible idea, by the way. Sex on the beach might sound really great, but in reality, yeah. If you've ever been to a beach, you know that sand gets in everything. I would not recommend it. No, no. Not, not in the least, no. And so, so I thought that started, when the storyline started, I was just kind of like, oh, this isn't fair to Lane. Like, are they running out of ideas on what to do with his character? But as they developed it, they continued on with the tradition of there are the Gilmore girls. And even though Lane is now completely separate from Rory's life, they have continued to make that character interesting and give her interesting things to do. I feel like there's almost two different shows going on where you have the Gilmore Girls and you have Lane's story. 
because it's so separate. I hadn't thought about that. And it's and sometimes it wouldn't. You feel like most of the time they would, and we've talked about this before. They would just write out that character, like the character would move away, or they just honestly would just stop mentioning that character because mm-hmm. Rory and Lane have outgrown each other, and that's what happens with these types of relationships and these types of friendship. And it's there's true. there's nothing wrong with that. But instead of just writing her out of the story, they love that character, they love Lane, and they love the band, and so they continued on. And they have their own little world within Stars Hollow. And it was a nice respite from the drama that was Lorelai and Rory. And you know what was really refreshing with this storyline was even though Lane and her husband are very young and they're going to be young parents, they really were putting in a genuine effort to make it work. They Mm -hmm. were committed to their marriage, to their relationship. And that really came through. Like, we're in this together. And so honestly, knowing that there's a revival on the horizon now for me to watch, I cannot wait to see what happens with these two and their kids. And I mean, ultimately did Lane completely have to sacrifice her musical ambition to raise the kids because she did that toward the end. She told her husband, look, you, you go, mm-hmm. you need to be the breadwinner, get some money, get the notoriety. And it's just not going to work for me to come along. So you go out and you do it. Those are hard decisions to make. And the things that relation that every relationship has to, has to handle. And it's interesting how they did handle it, and I'm sure that some people were disappointed that she wasn't able to pursue her music career, but also at the same time, it was no picnic for her husband either because he had to be away from his babies. He had to be away from Lane. Yeah. I'm so glad they portrayed that too. It wasn't yeah. a one-sided thing. I mean, they're both making some sacrifices. Ultimately, I do wonder, you know, is are they going to resent the sacrifices they've had to make, especially Lane? You know, staying home yeah. with the babies, that's not an easy task. No. So I'm very curious, going forward now, 10 years in the future, where is everybody going to land? I, I can't wait to find out now. Well, you're going to find out because there is a revival. Yes. And it's on Netflix, and so you'll be able to watch it. Now, I don't want you to watch it yet because we uh. have a listener suggestion on what to do oh. before you watch the revival. Now, I don't have the email in front of me. I will find out who actually submitted the suggestion and mention it at the top of the next Gilmore Girls show. But the next episode, I don't think should be you watching the revival. I think we should do a classic punch it episode where we write what you think the revival should look like. Ooh. All right, that's a very good idea. Let's do that. I will I will do my very best to hold off, and you have no idea how hard this is right now. So don't watch the revival. Don't research it. Don't Google <sighs> it. And uh, th- again, this is not my suggestion. This was a listener suggestion, and I thought it was just so amazing. We have to do it. And again, I'll find... I'll, we I'll, have to. I'll look up the email and figure yeah. out who submitted it. But okay. I think that's a genius idea, and we absolutely have to do it because yeah. I will be kind of the... Um, I will be your guide. I will I will like ask you questions. I'll try to steer you in certain paths just from a story standpoint. Even though I know what happens at the revival, I <laughs> it will be kind of like when we wrote a sequel to Star Wars even though I've seen every single Star Wars film. Oh, right, right. Yeah, it's going to be very much like that. Okay, well, I promise I will not Google, I won't research. I'll just come in with ideas and you can help me mold them and we'll see what happens from there. Now, because of this, we, you might hear from us a little sooner rather than later so that we don't torture Char <laughs> into uh, having to wait months and months and months before she can watch Please. the revival. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to wait another two months, okay? All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure to subscribe and go to iTunes that we talked about. And for 
all of our other episodes, our back catalog, and all of our other shows, go to thenerdparty.com for everything that you could possibly need. Now, uh, next week, we're not going to be talking about Gilmore Girls, even though we're going to be talking about Gilmore Girls soon. But whatever it is that we talk about, we're going to punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.